You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media application for outdoor enthusiasts, and it's designed by outdoor enthusiasts. If you want more information, visit Google Play Store and download the app or visit timetogowild.com. Let's get outside. It's time to go wild. All right, this is the Land of Legacy Hunting Podcast. Um, Matt is traveling, so it's just me this week, but I have some special guests. And uh, since this is the Hunting Podcast, we've talked in the past, everybody that's listened to the podcast over the over the span of since we launched the Hunting Podcast, I think this is podcast number 36, and I believe we are on number 96 of the Habitat Heroes Podcast. But this one goes from a wide variety of topics, from product reviews, hunting strategies, uh, hunting gear, whatever it is. Um, it's kind of our chance to really sit back, relax, and just talk hunting. And what better way, I think, when a lot of people think hunting or kind of fond memories of hunting, um, I think we automatically would go back to a lot of our fondest memories or some of the times when you had the most fun, probably probably when it wasn't as serious um we thought we were serious but uh eh, looking back maybe we weren't so serious about something so um this one is going to be a lot of fun because i actually have two of my uh, oldest hunting buddies and then of course my brother's here we're at a uh, christmas get together whatever you want to call it yes. some of us thought it was a sweater party <laughs> um others didn't maybe <laughs> and so uh anyway I've got uh, a couple people here. I'll let them introduce themselves, and then uh, we'll kind of just have a roundtable discussion. So, first, Mike, um, go ahead. You can introduce yourself. I'm Zach Miller. And you, uh, so I think you're probably, what, five or six years older than me. Yeah, six. Six Mm -hmm. years older than me, and uh, kind of for for people to understand why he's six years older, um, you are, I guess, one grade older than one, my brother. Yeah, I played baseball with him. And so for me, um, weirdly enough, when I was in high school, the guys in my grade, there was only a couple guys that bow hunted. Um, but I always bow hunted with my brother Chad, who's also here, um, a lot more. And so I spent my learning how to bow hunt with guys that were older than me. And you learn from the best, I obviously. From the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I was talking about that, maybe we weren't so uh, so serious about it. Um, that was kind of a, a uncapping uh, discussion to think back at some of the stuff we did. Uh, I can think of some things that we did uh, that were very like, woo, I can't believe we actually did that. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, like where we would go to hunting camp, there was a – couple conservation areas we went to where we pretty much wore our camo 100 percent of the time yeah um and we went from fried fish and fried deer meat and fried um whatever anything we could put in the grease to fry while wearing our camo well yeah the fry and the fried became we acclimated to the environment so we smelled like the camp and we yeah. thought maybe maybe we stayed long enough, we would acclimate ourselves to the deer, and they were like, ah, just right. normalcy. I think we should have probably just focused on the camp deer um, yeah. instead of hiking all over God's <laughs> Exactly. Creation. But 
Um, anyway, I'll let you pass the mic on over to our, ne- to our other guests. And um, go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Dustin Clark. Yep, and Dustin, same age as Zach. Um, I was trying to think of. I was just trying to think of nicknames. You guys were on Team Pots um, <laughs> <laughs> on that hunting trip uh, when we had Team Pots and Team Raglan, um, and you guys were uh, Team Pots when we were at Bunch Hollow Conservation Area in Northern Missouri. Um, Dustin, how many years you've been bow hunting, and how many years have you deer hunted? uh i've been deer hunting since i was 12 i've been bow hunting since i was probably 16 okay and uh zach what about you about the same i i actually didn't start bow hunting until i was 16 17 i quit basketball to focus on bow hunting you know how that goes (laughs) (laughs) you know that was a good call it was a great call actually i I never looked back i wish i would have done that yeah yeah, I played uh, basketball all four years of high school, mm-hmm. but looking back, I wish I'd have went ahead and got more serious about bow hunting, especially this time of year. It is December 29th um, here in southern Missouri. We have the Blue and Gold right. um, Basketball Tournament, which is December 26th, day after Christmas. You go to uh, Missouri State University to play this high school basketball tournament, and uh, what a waste. What a waste, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So you quit basketball, focus on bow hunting. I did. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you can pass it on over, Chad. Me, on the other hand, I think my bow hunting got started a little later because I did play basketball yeah. four years. So Loser. I didn't bow hunt as much until, like, out of high school. Yeah. So um, I think uh, you've been bow hunting. You were in high school. Yeah, I was in high school. Right. Um, because. You had the old Jennings. Wasn't it a Jennings? Yes, the old wood handle Jennings. It had a wooden riser, with a, laminated wooden riser. Yeah. And the and it had a like overdraw, the old school overdraw, so that I could shoot yeah. the short aluminum arrows. I'm sure, you were holding like eighty pounds when you pulled back. Did it have Did it have any let off at all? Uh, yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't real. Uh, it It wasn't a heavy draw. It was I, I can remember the first time I ever shot a bow. I had a, I guess it was a Jennings, and it was a, a piece of junk, and I didn't know how to shoot three-tab or anything. Yeah. And I was 14, and it was probably 65 or 70 pounds, which was absolutely all I could handle. Yeah. I remember shooting in the basement. Do you remember what the let-off would have been on that? Zero percent <laughs> or five. All I remember is you could pull it, and I'd be like, oh, gosh, I can hold this for three seconds. Yeah. And like, oh, man, how do you shoot a deer? If you pull back and it's like, oh, limbs in the way, you would have to let down. And yeah, so I would, you know, I would practice that in the basement over and over and over until my arms got so wore out that I actually could not pull the bow back. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, I need something better than this. And you know what let off now, like the new Matthews was released, and you know what percentage they have now? Oh, I bet they've got like 70%. 85. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 85. Wow. The new uh, – Verdicts is eighty five percent, I believe. The first I think bow, triaxes too. Yeah, the I'm first shooting. bow I actually shot a deer with was a uh, Blue Mountain Archery Razorback. Oh wow! Yeah, with That's an overdraw, and I mean the arrows were tiny. Uh, I, I remember. Uh, yeah, when Chad was shooting that old Jennings that had the wooden riser, um, the overdraw on it. I think the arrows were like only 24, 25 yeah. inches. They almost looked like crossbow bolts. Oh, they were crazy. Yeah. And of course, they were like XX. 75 yeah. Easton's, yeah. you know, and you use it a muzzy, 125 yeah. grain. I mean, didn't use 100 grain on no, anything. For sure. We got and one other guest, too, by okay. the way. Okay, we do. To set in. Um, 
He's just walked in the room. He just he just walked in. He just he's walked acting in. Acting a little reluctant to he grab is. a mic. Introduce yourself. The, <laughs> the man, the legend, the man. Long time hunting friend with all these boys, Colton Jones. He's a he's a pup. He's 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 the youngest of the group. We raised him. Finally That's killed a, a wall hanger this year. Though, he did. So. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. And Colton actually. Uh, so you're six years older. He's six. Year, Dustin's six years older. Chad's only four years older. Um, and then Colton is four years younger than me. Right. And so there's kind of a wide gap here. But so you guys kind of maybe trained me how to bow hunt. I don't know. Maybe if I the credit yet. We we may have taught uh, you things not to do. Yeah, yeah. that's like, I, I would say so. Right. Dustin always taught me to shoot him in the spleen. <laughs> um, we did figure out that a deer has a spleen. I think. Oh really? I don't know. I've never done had an anatomy class on. A, so on the backstory deer. that is. But the deer died. It did. The die. deer died. We did. Dustin yeah, it shot did a deer. And um, hit it back. I hit it back, and, and for some reason I said spleen, said which spleen I have no idea. Of liver, you know, right. even and what we a haven't let is. him live it down. No. Yes, so for uh, fifteen years you haven't let was him that live it down. Fifteen years ago, probably over there on New Highway is where that deer was shot. Oh, yeah, because it was dark, and I said, man, he's smaller on one side. He's you know he'd be one thirty-five <laughs> on the other side. And we get up there, and he's about. I don't know, 50-inch, five-point. <laughs> so, oh, yes, and he did. It was dark, and for some reason, I swear this deer had black socks. It was it was crazy, but um, we found him. black stockings. He did not have black stockings, so, but three I, days I thought, later, we found him. I was pumped. I think that was my second or third bow kill, and uh, we'll talk about it forever. Yeah, it'll live, for, live on forever. <laughs> yes, it yeah. will. I, uh, I'm trying to think here since we're all here, Mm -hmm. what is one of your favorite all time hunting stories about the group? Oh, about the group. Wow. Yeah. Let Chad go. I mean, my favorite and I'll, I'll pass the mic to you, Zach. I think this is one that we've told to anyone and everyone. And it's the, the broadhead eating Bobcat. (laughs) Yeah, this is legit. Uh, this is not a lie. And I, I will, I will die. And, and and most people, it's only one man alive that actually was there. <sighs> anyway, uh, I'm hunting one morning in, in a field, and there was a couple of little troughs in the field that, that came through, and there were some turkeys that roosted two or three hundred yards away. And I could hear the turkeys' commotion early, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this bobcat sleeking down through the field and i stand up in a platform stand by the way i didn't have any chair or anything so old school homemade stand yes homemade and uh, i stand up i draw i shoot and i absolutely pile drive this bobcat just drops it in his tracks it's done and i'm like sweet that's cool i have never killed a bobcat with a bow and i wait another hour or two and uh, no deer so i start to get my stuff together (laughs) as i do apparently the bobcat looks up and sees that I'm in a tree stand, and I did not realize that he wasn't dead. So he takes off, and I, by the way, have never seen an animal of any kind run on its front two feet that fast. I could not have outrun him, and back then I was in decent shape. He runs through a barbed wire fence, and I thought, I've actually got to track this animal. So I get down. I come to the fence. My arrow's eaten in half. If you guys know the way, you know, the costs. Oh, gosh. I I would have been... So was it a luminaire? Yes, yes. No, it was carbon. It was the first carbons that ever came out. Rodney had given me a dozen. He bought a whole bunch of... uh, Carbon Express? Yeah, they were the first ones that had came out. And uh, Mm -hmm. 
he had bitten the arrow in half. So I'd lost an arrow, which, by the way, back then was like $6 for the arrow. Yeah. And like $8 for the broadhead. So I'm down 14 bucks to start, to start the game. And I walked to this creek bed, and I see him. And he's looking back and forth. Of course, he can't move his back legs. He's paralyzed. But uh, I thought, well, I'll just shoot him. So I draw back, and I shoot again, miss. Hit a multiflower rose, shoots up above him. Oh, crap. By the way, I never found that arrow. Um, so that's another 14 Yes, and uh, I'm on the arrow number three, and back then I carried three arrows, and that was it. I shoot again, and this is where it gets weird. <laughs> it hits the same bush, lands above his head, and I literally watched this cat reach up with his left paw, bat the arrow down, bite the arrow in half, and then he chewed the broadhead into slivers. <laughs> And I thought, this is probably the, the meanest cat I have ever seen. I scared. I backed out, and I called my cousin. And it was and a Steel like, Force broadhead. Yeah, Steel Force. Yeah. yeah. I called him, like, dude, I haven't, I don't have any weapons left. You're going to have to come down. So he backs up through the creek, comes back down there, and he has, by the way, the Blue Mountain Razorback bow I had given him. Yep. It was my old one. And he had three arrows, and he's like, I'll shoot that thing. So he shoots it, yeah, and hits it in the back Explain. paw. <laughs> Not in the spleen. <laughs> the paw, which it's paralyzed, so it didn't even feel it. It just pinned into the ground, which yeah. I felt better because he couldn't get up. And uh, I finally finish him off. and uh, with, with your with, old with, bow. With my old bow. And uh, we do kill him. So five arrows shot, three completely obliterated, and one that we broke. I think we broke the broadhead on the other one. So. Mm. And it was like a 12-pound bobcat probably. That we were like, huh, that's cool. It had a bunch of holes in it. It did, yeah, and I felt kind of bad about it, but at the same time, it was kind of neat. Yeah. It was a good story. Yeah. But nobody believes. But nobody believes. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of them. You've got, you've got a couple stories that people would never believe, mm. uh, but that's definitely the, the top of the mountain. Yeah. For so sure. I've, I've got a story. Dustin's got a All story right, Dustin's here. got one. I've got a story about me and Adam, which me and Adam, we've – We've been around each other and hunted, but not actually with each other. And where were we at? I think it was in was in Lebanon at the uh, conservation when you shoot the buck, and and we track Rolla Rolla yeah. And Adam shot this big, this good buck. Good buck. That was. And, one of and those you were weekends. what? Were you sixteen, seven? No, no, I would have been in. I was in college, so I was twenty. So shoots this good buck. I don't know where everybody else is at. I don't know where everybody else is at, but yeah. Adam somehow gets in contact with me. Well, I, I can't remember if, if, I was, remember right, if I was hunting close to you. Or... The story is, so we run this big conservation, which is like, I don't know, 6,000 acres, maybe even more. Yeah, and uh, it's a huge area. And most of the guys went to the north side, and you and I were the only ones that went to the south side, the poor sacks that got the leftovers. Yes. And yes. we went... If you remember, we walked, and it was like, when, oh, you, yeah, when, yeah. when you get those maps, it's like, oh, there's a bunch of food plots there. And we walked to the first one, not planted. Walked the second one, not planted. Walked and the we third keep one, walking not and walking and walking. And walking and walking. And we didn't have much cell service at all. Yep. And you went left, I went right, and I went down there and missed a buck, chasing a doe on my way walking in, and then sat down, and that buck chase, or another buck came out chasing a different doe, and I shot him. Yes, and, and you shot him. it was super him. windy. And it was the night we had to leave, and I let that deer set for an hour. Yes, and then and I got out, out of my stand, walked yeah. towards you. We got together, and all I remember is the wind, and it was it was getting ready to storm. Yep. So the wind was just howling, and and it was going to rain, and we had to leave. So 
instead of letting the deer sit, we went after him and we pushed him once. Then we pushed him again. And mm-hmm. we pushed, we probably pushed the deer five or six and times. And we, it, yeah, we didn't know so it, but windy. we just, we kept, I mean, it was just blood trail after blood trail. But I'm talking, I mean, how, how long did we blood trail was, this deer? It was a couple of hours. And, yes, and, of and blood we trail. We finally got service. We barely had any battery left on our cell phone. And one of our other buddies had killed a good buck, Luke. And uh, that story that you're telling is the, is the time in my life. When I realize a one lung deer can go a long way. Oh yeah, long absolutely. Ways. And because I looked at when I when I I can still see it in my eyes and see it in my head clear as day is when I shot that deer. He was forty seven yards, and uh, I thought I'd smoked him right behind his shoulder, but he was slightly quartered two. And then it took a few years, and I learned that was a one lung deer. I only gave him an hour. I should have gave him well. I, it, in hindsight, is. I would have ended up just getting a hotel room or staying an extra night, finding the deer the next morning. But instead, we rushed it, bumped the deer. Well, yeah, and that deer, he, we blood trailed that deer through stuff that you wouldn't even think. I mean, we had a hard time going through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, over giant timber that was laid down and brush. And it was just, but we didn't stop because we had to, we were leaving, so we wanted to try to get the deer. And it was just constant good blood, good blood, good blood. And then what did we finally just stop? We, we had to give up because he, he we yeah we did to a we pond, yep to a pond. And we like, finally he just came gave and got up. A drink. He's not hurting that bad. And uh, the next morning, Luke actually went back um, in there after we had left and and found a few more drops and never found the deer. Hmm. So right on. who knows? Uh, that that definitely was one of them that haunts me. There's a few, and I know we all have them. A big deer that we wounded. That's one of them that haunts me because that was a big old gnarly gnarly buck. Um, so yeah, Colton, you got some a, funny stories here. Or yeah, good stories. Just most fun story. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm going to tell a good story here is four years ago when Dustin started his new job and he was complaining cause he hadn't got to hunt all year long. So I had a connection up at Northern Missouri and at the same time you guys were up there. Um, Adam and Chad, yeah. you guys were up there hunting, hunting. We were hunting the, the magical ground. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You guys were. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever publicly or told that. I think I have told the story on the podcast. But in short, we were on a place, second year of hunting it, that we had, air quote, permission to hunt um, from the air quote owner. And uh, come to find out the first year, oh, man, first year we killed a a buddy of ours, another one that's not here, killed a 215-inch buck. And then we went to another piece of property that the uh, the air quote owner had, and uh, kill, another buddy killed a 160. And then the Chad next year, and then Chad killed another good one on public ground. But uh, we went back the next year right. and hunted. This is when you guys hunted. Yeah, we went up to. Yeah. yeah. We went up to hunt, and everybody was just having a good time. And Dustin Clark was hunting with us, and he just wanted to kill deer. <laughs> So he he thought the stands that my buddy had hung weren't the best spot, so he climbed a hedge apple tree and hung a hang-on stand there and hunted there one night, and it was getting late, and it was getting close to dark, and we're going to go pick him up, and we get a text that I just smoked one, and it, it just whopped him. And I was like, okay. So we get there, and we started tracking this doe, and... When we found the doe, we found the blood trail, and it was just the most outrageous blood trail I've ever been on. But when we found her, the arrow was right between her eyes. 
and I got the picture on my phone still to this day. Show it quite often. She died what hundred yards? Hundred yards, but yeah. it was zigzag the whole way and just blowing blood out of her nose. But you can't stop at that one. You got to tell the next. The next. Okay. So so we meet up with Adam and Chad the next day, and you guys had killed a couple does, and I had killed a doe, and we took a picture there at the farmhouse, and it was just a good time, you know, just good yeah. hunt trip. So the next night is the night that we were going to leave, and we. Um, decided to hunt on the edge of a cornfield and we wanted to hunt close enough together where when we got down we could get out together and carry stuff etc so Clark went to the corner of the cornfield and I was about midway through it we could see each other he shot a doe about an hour before dark had a little one with it the little one came back Dustin I see him pull his bow back and shoot at her missed it this goes back to one of Zach's stories where he shot every arrow in his quiver and never never killed the doe, the doe fawn. But the last shot he took, I it just clanks and bangs, and he squatted down in his stand to shoot the, the doe fawn and hit the rail and blew his bow up to end, <laughs> to end the year. That was his last hunt of the year. So, oh, man. so I dragged that deer out for Dustin. I don't know if he remembers that. I drug it all the way across that cornfield for him because he carried the stand. The next year we got to talking and I was like, you ready for bow season? Dustin said, my bow's still in the case and it's still blown up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sums it up. Uh, so, I've got a story. It was a I good one. I don't know if it's the same stand or not, um, but way back i think i was 19 i was right out of college we went to hunt a conservation area called reform near jefferson city missouri and dustin um we so you guys are going way back here i'm gonna have to really start thinking about because i've made a lot of dumb decisions (laughs) well the the this one's a shorter story but um that conservation area is broke up to uh to basically the river breaks on the south side and the crop fields on the north side. So obviously Southern Missouri boys are going to the north side because we already have enough of, cro- or of, of hilly terrain. Oh, yeah. And we see any food plot up north, we're like, oh, there's a booner in there because oh, we don't have those down where we're No, at. no, not at all. But this story's on you, so let me tell it. And uh, so we're all going to the north side, and uh, you went to the south side, and you had this old – stand climbing stand and i forget if it was it was a strong built yes it and was it weighed a walmart 34 that pounds. weighed 100 pounds yeah yes. it felt like it weighed 100 pounds <laughs> yes. and it had like it was it wasn't one of those that fold up they didn't have the technology <laughs> to fold it up and so it was a really th- i think it i think it really did weigh 34 pounds strong built and we're all up hunting. The and you also ground. had he also had a yellow nylon rope yeah, that held yellow. it together. <laughs> That's right. 100% a yellow yes. nylon yes, rope was the rope that he uh, tied to keep them together. Mm-hmm. And and I the believe it only had a half It doesn't a, matter. We were orange. They well, I think it only is. had half a square, half a square <laughs> on on both ends, so it wasn't really going to do anything. And by the way, on that trip, it the bottom fell down, and you had to bear. Yes, you had to bear. I did. I forgot all, all about down. that. Yes. But the funny part of this story is, um, we were all hunting the flat ground, crop ground, and seeing a lot of deer. And you went to the nastiest, gnarliest, <laughs> hilliest terrain, and carried that stupid stand all the way to the back <laughs> property line, and hung because there were some big white oaks. And you came back and you said, "Boys, I found the spot." And the funny part of this story is 
because he f- it, the, it was the spot because it reminded you of Moody's, which yep. is a property we hunted in southern Missouri. This sucks. Let's go to Moody's. <laughs> so so you, you came back here, guys, guys, I found the spot. It looks just like Moody's. And we all went, Moody's? You mean it looks just like southern Missouri? I didn't come all the way up here to hunt southern Missouri terrain. And uh, oh you hung that God. stand. And I remember one day you said, I'm just going to lead that stupid stand. <laughs> I know. I, I'm done with it. And then it was the last day we were going to hunt after uh, hunt till dark and then go back. This, yeah. And we're sitting there at lunch, and you said, I don't think – that's my only that's my only climber. i got to go get that. And we walked all the way I forgot back you walked because we walked over railroad tracks, and we, we walked over railroad tracks, and we went way back in there. And I forgot you went with me. I went with you because I wanted to see this spot that looked like Moody's. It looked like Moody's. That's why I got the heck out of there. <laughs> yeah. So no, no one can feel bad for you though, because our other buddy Luke Anderson <laughs> will vouch for the and Dustin McClary will vouch for the times that we've hauled your stands in. That's right. Out. I was notorious never hunt the spot twice, right. and, and so it, for and me, it was not like now where we have light travel setups. No, it that was, was a, a stand that had a monster platform. It was and like a twenty pounder, a, wasn't it? A yeah, twenty it was pound a 20 hang pound on, hang on, and it had a huge platform and a little bitty old strap. It was a death trap. And uh, and a big and a big full size twenty foot ladder and a twenty foot ladder that I folded up or that like <laughs> broke down into four pieces five foot long and I put those I can I can tree. remember being seventeen and and taking a portable with twelve tree steps in the dark in the dark at five o'clock in the morning and just randomly picking a tree in the dark by the way yeah not having a clue what the rest of it looks hanging the set. Hunting for two hours, taking it back down, carrying it a quarter mile out, and and not even thinking twice about it and doing it again in the afternoon. And yeah. thinking, this is probably, the, now that I look back at it, it's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. That's yeah. why my shoulders are shot. Yeah. Well, and how many times did we carry climbing stands in to northern Missouri where there weren't really many trees for them? We carried them around and then found a spot and sat on the ground yeah. and then carried them back out. We were definitely fish out of water. Southern Missouri deer or Southern Missouri hunters that had that were used to finding post oaks and white oaks to to use climbers in. I remember it took us a a year to really realize that, my gosh, if we really want to hunt in the stand or in the trees we want to be in, we got to scrap the climbers. Well, that, well, this that, is, yeah, that managed hunt we were on. What's the name of that place? Whetstone Creek. Whetstone, yeah, and McClary went, and he spent the entire trip. With a climber on his back. He never even hunted. We'd, we'd, we'd meet him at noon in the middle of the woods like, hey, man, did you see anything? I can't find a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and in the whole trip, he just walked around. He would walk around yeah. or sit on the ground yeah. and lean against his oh, climber. That was great. Yeah. And so, man, it. some of those stories, though. Um, Colton's got another story, okay. it looks like. No, I just I just want you guys to tell the story because we were gigging the other night, Zach and myself, and he told the story to one of my buddies about Dustin Clark at Northern Missouri. Since it's a roast session right now, not bringing enough clothes or blankets. Oh gosh. Okay, Cro- Crooked River. That that <laughs> Crooked River. That's where we were at. This yeah. Chevy shoots a deer and he hangs yeah. it. Well, the story. Yeah. The the story starts. Have a mic. I don't know if they can hear yeah. it, but Chevy, another one yeah. of our buddies, shot a deer he the did. first night. Yeah, a little and button this, buck. This was not the weekend right after Thanksgiving. It was the weekend following. Yes. Because I and, had gone on a trip right. to and reform maybe the Dustin and I had, had originally, this is before the buck hut that we bought? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we oh, bought this just 
just awful travel trailer that we took on a couple of these trips. But when we went to Crooked River, nobody really, we checked the weather, but it's like, yeah, whatever. And we brought a summer tent. It was me and Chad, Dustin, Chevy. Was that it? Just us four? And I brought a quilt. And Dustin brings two blankets and a pillow. It got to five the first night and to zero or below zero the second night. The high of the, the entire weekend was 27. And we had like 40 below sleeping bags and the whole shoot and match. And Dustin like, dude, I'll be fine. I'll just sleep my, I'll just sleep my coveralls. I'm good. I get, Dustin McClary and I both got invited on that trip, and we looked yeah. at the forecast, and we out. said, heck no. I, I was in a cheaper sleeping bag, and I wore long john pants, wool like flannel sleeping pants, wool socks, a a uh, a mock turtleneck, like long john shirt, and a hoodie, and a stocking cap, yeah. and wool gloves, and, I, and just to stay warm in the sleeping bag, and Dustin had two blankets and a pillow <laughs> so the first night yeah well yeah this is where this is where it might get weird the, the first night we're like you're you're an idiot there's there's no way you're gonna survive this he's like i'm good about 10 o'clock he's tapped me on my shoulder didn't he say i think he said i'm good guys he's I, like, I'm I, good. Didn't, I didn't think i need my clothes the, the, on so yeah he had the first down. the first night we'd been sitting around the fire and of course we're we're just there adrenaline's we're all pumping. running on adrenaline and Dustin's like, boys, I think I'm good. I think I can sleep in my boxers with these blankets. <laughs> and slowly through the night, he just put on more and more clothes until he was fully dressed, ready to go hunting, and freezing. And it was like, like my mag light had had ice on it. It was that, so cold. The mag light that was in the tent with Yeah, you. in the tent with us. And it was like he'd go and start the truck, and then Dustin just – I think you sat there the first morning, didn't you? So – I actually slept in everything I brought, including my boots. So when he says I'm ready to hunt, like I wake up, I go to the stand. I don't have to put anything on because <laughs> it's that cold. The beer is slush. Yeah. The, our buddy Chevy had killed a deer and he hung it up. Well, it was, you know. Frozen solid. Yeah, it was like a block of ice. I don't know whatever happened to that deer. But anyways, it was the coldest I've ever been. And I have never wanted to spoon with a man as much as I did that night. Well, you actually did. And he did. (laughs) (laughs) And I am the man on the receiving end of the spooning because, uh, you know, he starts tapping me at, what, 1030? And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm I'm, I'm freezing, dude. I'm like, well, yeah, you're freezing. You've got a blanket and a pillow when it's three degrees outside. He's like, dude. You know, is there is there any room at the inn, basically? <laughs> I'm like, get in here. So we slept in a one-man, 40 below, mummy sleeping bag for two straight nights. And uh, I'm okay to admit it because I saved I saved his life because he would have died. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that, that, that was it. And that's all we saw. It was the only, only deer we saw the entire, the entire time. <laughs> oh, man. I, and Well, another part of that story is, that deer froze solid. Oh yeah! And uh, you guys, the next day, were shooting it with your bows. Yeah, because it was funny. Yeah, and uh, he starts shooting and, with broadheads. Well, that's the part. <laughs> Everybody else was shooting, and it was sticking to the frozen deer, right? Like like a target. Right. Dustin shoots it, and the arrow goes right through it out in the oh, field. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Oh man, that had a broadhead on it." <laughs> oh, that reminds me of another story. And this is a this is a Dustin Clark roast, by the way. It is definitely. Uh, this is this is one of the best. This is one. Of, this is one of the best. Uh, you know, back in the old day, you know, you line your, you line your field points in and then you, everybody had fixed blade broadheads. So you always shot your broadheads. You always did. Nowadays, yeah. a lot of people just screw them on and shoot them. Yeah. And we were at Adam Brooks 
Yep. And when he lived out there and had a bow shop. And we were we had we had shot I mean we were we had already shot our bows a hundred times and for some reason he has those gigantic targets out there. I don't know if you ever saw those layered ones, those black ones. Yeah. He had four of them sitting up there and I'm like, I'm gonna shoot my bow. We were gonna chronograph it and whatever. And I shot, I don't know, a group of three. Well Dustin's shooting beside me and I'm not paying any attention. So he shoots his three and we get out and I pull my three out and he's over there, just got both feet on the target pulling and he can't get his arrow out. I'm like, What in the world? And he just keeps pulling. He keeps pulling. He can't get any of them out. I'm like, what in the world? He's like, I don't know, dude. These broadheads are stuck in here. <laughs> he pulled insert and all at all three of them. And I think he lost an arrow or broke one. I'm like, dude, this is not a broadhead target. This <laughs> before Block ever came out. But oh, yeah. man. <laughs> For sure. Golly, there's a lot of fun stories looking back. Um I'm trying to think of any others. I, I, w- there's a list of, of oh, stories a mile long. So many. Um, that one of these days we'll just sit down and record oh, and, and tell it. every story we got. But what is, what is not to change the subject, but what is something that you look back, looking at your gear now, looking the way you hunt now, what has been the biggest change to you compared to when you first started hunting? The bows, the broadheads. The clothing you wore, the tree stands you wore. You know, I mean, everything's changed, obviously. Uh, a bow in 1987 is going to kill a deer just as dead as it was in 1998 or 2010. I mean, they shoot faster, they're quieter, whatever. Um, I don't think that's as big a deal. I mean, in the last 10 years, I mean, realistically, how good are they going to make a bow? Mm-hmm. Without putting, you know, a laser on it, there's no way to make yeah. a bow any better than they do. Um gear wise i mean who knows i think it's just learning how to hunt yeah and understanding you know how to get in and out of a stand without spooking things uh knowing to not hunt every day you have an opportunity because of the wind yeah and and just being smarter and realizing that if you leave a place alone long enough and you hunt it right the opportunity to see when you first started hunting it was like i'm out of school oh yeah absolutely think about the wind. you never even looked the weather you're hunting morning yeah, and, and absolutely. I remember, uh, shoot, it wasn't that long ago. We had a buddy that it'd be September 15th. And, and I mean, he's killed a lot of good deer, but he'd be like, he would set all day September 15th. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, there ain't no way. You remember that? Luke, Luke Anderson, he, he listened to the podcast occasionally. He used to, and he may still. And I'm like, man, no. oh man, I ain't doing it. No. Uh-uh. Mosquitoes and seed ticks are too bad that time of year. Yeah, Chad, you said you, you, you looked like you had something to say to that. My Chad. main thing that I think has changed is the clothes. I mean, the yeah. the clothes thing, when when I was 11 and going hunting, I was in green coveralls and freezing to death. And little boots and however many socks I could pack in them. And now it's, I mean. I remember the, you remember the boots. Um, I always think of Colton and his brother on these boots, but the northerners. Yeah. The, and they had the little old uh, little t- strings at the here. top. And uh, the northerner boots that oh I man, and the LL beans, yeah, Everybody with the, the the I think they call them duck boots yeah. or or something like that. My duck biggest thing is is scent control now. Like when we were, do you, st- do, you do scent? Control? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do do scent control. And I know this has been the Dustin Clark roast. And I know I've shot a lot of deer bad, but you know what? I got about four bucks on the wall. And I ain't hit every one of them good, but they're dead. And that's all that matters. I, I know one thing. Nobody can and. ever take away from you is it seems like back in the day, you and I probably had more fun than anybody, it seemed like, because 
Well, we I'll were tell a you, more laid back than- I'll tell you, my passion is to bow hunt. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I work and I'm not home a lot, but when I get home, I shoot my bow about six times. And when it's good, I go hunting. And I do have pretty good luck and I'm fortunate and I kill good deer. Am I as good a shot as any of you guys? Absolutely not. But he can hit a pie plate at 30. But yards. if I can hit a pie plate at 30 yards and I hit him and if I if I clip the spleen, I got a dead deer. But I will say that I have had lifelong memories I'll never forget with my buddies and they give me a hard time. And well, I love it. That's the and way it, it ain't, hunt it, camp should be. Absolutely. Every for me, fortunately enough, I get to see hunt camps across the country with with consulting and, and real estate. And I will say this: that the camps that we go to, that you can just tell that there is that's the place to be <clears throat> during a certain time of the year, is when it's a group of guys or a family. And there's a lot of inside jokes. That's constant razzing and and. Uh, there was one of my favorites was a little bitty old camp and I can't even, they had nicknames for each other and some of them were inappropriate. And that was one of the most fun camps that I've seen and, and been a part of. And, and now kids are, are getting brought into the mix and, and they actually have uh, nicknames that tie into the dad's nickname. And, and it's just the razzing, the camaraderie. And really, I mean, Matt and I, you guys haven't listened to all the podcasts or any, I don't even know. Um, but the thing Matt and I talk about a lot is the camaraderie that is lacking in in a lot of the hunting camps in this day and age, and that's why hunting numbers are. De- I, I believe the hunting numbers are declining, um, being part of the lack of deer camps. Colton, you got something, a story, or something? I'll just I'll build on that a little bit, talking about um, hunting and learning from from deer camps because all of you oh, guys, got, you got some good stories on Chad and I because we kind of. That's what I was getting into is, you know, my, my dad wasn't a deer hunter, bow hunter. He was a bird hunter, and that's all we did. So Adam and Chad got me started into the hunting, and my most fond memories are is turkey hunting early in, in life. We'd go to Johnny Watterson's, and we always had a great hunt. Dustin Clark was with us. It was oh, like yeah. a herd of elephants through the woods that one morning, and, and we it, still killed. And because— Adam was still—Adam will, to this day, take credit because he called those hens to him that was he was setting 100 yards behind us. And I guarantee you he'll stay, still take the credit today. Darn right. At least I'm but, putting my name in the hat on but it. But Chad was you setting up there deer, with me. Yeah. Or you killed a good turkey. Yeah, it was a good turkey. And uh, what had happened was he was being hard-headed because Missouri youth season always happened a couple weeks prior to Missouri turkey season. So there was still a lot of hinned-up turkeys. And Chad was calling. I was calling. Couldn't get this bird in. And as we're kind of making a move, I kind of hung back and uh, – they moved in close and started calling and got this bird fired up. And he kind of seemed like he was drifting. And I just went nuts back there and didn't hardly shut up and ended up calling. I think I gobbled, too. You gobbled. I started gobbling back at you. Because we can uh, both gobble with our mouth. But. And so we ended up gobbling at this deer and before we – or at this turkey. And before I know it, um, this this turkey gets shot and the hens are right in my lap. So Yeah, that's yeah. – and, and just to add to that, you know, I've – they taught me a lot um being with zach dustin everybody has a little bit different style i go down to southeast missouri and hunt big timber and uh it's just a new learning perspective every time so i take bits and pieces 
from all these guys and learn a lot. But um, it's just a lot of fun. And I'm going to add something right now that Chad did. Me and Chad took my daughter hunting, turkey, spring turkey hunting, two years ago. And we had a bird hang up. And Chad did the same tactic that you did, Adam, when, yeah. when I was little. And Chad went behind us about 100 yards. And this bird, we worked him for two hours. And Chad literally called the, called the bird in our lap. And un- threw a fence, threw a hauler off of a, a white chat road that went to a house. And unfortunately, my daughter had watched him too long. And uh, the tears were flowing, and she didn't want to shoot the turkey. Or, I don't know if she was scared of the gun or the turkey, but it was just... She was scared she was going to miss. Yeah, I think she was scared she was going to miss. Because when that turkey come up out of that little draw, he was right on us. And mm. But it's just... You know, when I'm hunting alone, I still think back to those those tactics and take take those uh, theories and ideas and try to use them for myself. So right, it's taught so me a lot. Here's a question for all of you then. Looking back um, to all the years, you know, we do a thing called Would You Rather. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt and I, we always say, would you rather shoot a mechanical or a fixed blade? Would you rather bow hunt PA or gun hunt Georgia? And, and so and we're wrapping this podcast up. I'll ask you guys a final would you rather and say now, looking back, would you rather get to hunt more in the deer camps of public ground, traveling, probably not killing as many good deer, but if if families, you know, life goes on. There's kids involved, wives. the, The chance of doing that is not as possible because of scheduling. But if you could. Would you rather hunt the rest of your life with a, uh, a a greater chance of killing a good deer, but doing it more by yourself on your own property, occasionally hunting with a kid or your own kids, or would you rather go back to the days of hunting with your buddies, public ground, hiking? Yeah, I wouldn't. Stuff? I wouldn't change those days for anything. I mean, absolutely not. Not even close. I wouldn't care if I ever killed a good one. Yeah, I mean, because the story is the hunt. Yeah, and that's you know, the, you know, when you die, I mean, you've got a, you've got memories is all you got. Yeah, and I mean, the memories that I have with these guys here, and with my dad and my grandpas, I mean, you don't remember the big ones you killed necessarily, not as no. much as the ones you missed or the or no. the times you had that were funny. I was, I'll, I'll tell a really quick story before we wrap all this right. up. I was thinking of one. <clears throat> it was opening day. If you, it's been I don't know six, eight, ten years ago. And my dad was sitting with me in a blind opening day gun season in the afternoon, and it was 75 degrees. I was literally in a blaze orange vest. That's it. Yeah. And a pair of shorts. Dustin's below the hill. We don't even know where he's at, which is common for him. He's kind of a rover. Um, this deer walks in at 3 o'clock he's to our left. He's probably walking somewhere. And, and my, my dad looks over, and he's like, hey, shoot that doe. And I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to kill it. It's hot. Yeah. We watch it for a while, and it's walking down the hill, and he's like, uh, shoot it. And I'm like, all right, I guess I will. So I get the gun out, and I'm like, oh, that's not a doe, Dad. That's a good buck. Well, he can't get on it. It's almost out of sight. I fire one off, and by the way, did hit it right in the lungs, and it mule kicks, runs about 25 yards, gets hung up behind two trees and just standing there. And my dad just six mms it right in the neck and blows a hole the size of your fist, by the way. And Steve Anderson will say this is the worst deer he ever in his entire life put on a wall without having a new cape steve anderson's attacks yes yeah he he says he had he actually charged my dad extra 15 dollars. he was laughing 
because <laughs> because of the hole. And uh, anyway, it rolls down the hill, and the rest of the story is everybody hears the shooting. I look up, and here comes Dustin in orange, inside of the gun, walking up out of the hall, like, "What you guys shoot at?" You know, <laughs> and I can hear Rodney with no muffler driving all the way around the back side of the place at four thirty. You know, right at prime time. Yeah. And he backs his his uh, blazer up, tears the mirror off the side of it because he's so excited because we killed a good one. And we get down there, and Rodney's wallering in it. He's sitting there like, oh, this is the biggest deer ever. And it wasn't. I mean, it's a nice buck. And he throws his hat, lands in a tree, can't get it out. It's 20 feet in the air. And Dustin starts shooting at it with the 223. And, I mean, it's just like we all took pictures, and that's that's what it's all about. It yeah. has nothing to do with the deer. Yeah. I mean, that deer could have been a 180-inch or a doe. It didn't matter. It was awesome. But, yeah, that to answer your question, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a reason. I mean, now we all kind of have some private land that we all hunt. We don't get to hunt together as much anymore, but we're also, well, we spent the last three years talking about trying to plan an elk hunt or plan mm-hmm. a trip to hunt together because yeah. we miss those days of all of us hunting together. And even well, still, like, we I, went and helped Dustin trail his. I ask you guys that question, and if a podcast listener is driving down the road or at work, I, 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 I want you to answer it in your head as well or shoot us an, uh, an email at info at TV and let us know what you think because um, I think it's a question I, I would ask everybody. What would you rather do? Would you rather hunt with your buddies and lower your chances of success or would you rather hunt by yourself and increase your chances? Because the reality is um, you're probably going to have a better chance of success on your own place by yourself, but it's not nearly as much fun. Um, so it, it goes with the question uh, – the kind of the meme I saw on Facebook was um, at one point in your childhood, and I've said this on the podcast and I've had people comment on it because it hits everybody in the gut, but at one point in your childhood, you and your friends went out to play in the yard for the last time and nobody knew it. At some point in our life, you and your buddies went to deer camp for the last time and nobody knew it. It kind of goes with what Andy says on the office. He says, don't you wish you knew you were living in the good old days when you were still in the good old days? I mean, that that we're talking about the good old days, but we still – I mean, we're not even in our 40s yet. You guys are getting close. Yeah, getting I'm a long ways from it. And, uh, yeah, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, my son is seven years old. Zach, my son's seven years old. Zach's is six years old. And now we're to the point in our life that – and Colton's almost there too – that uh, – you know, we get just as much joy out of our children killing, you know, harvesting a, a deer or a turkey or a squirrel. I mean, me and my son, he killed two squirrels this week, and we just, I mean, you would have thought we killed a booner. I mean, that's uh-huh. just how it was. And that's where I'm at to my in, in my life is I, I enjoy watching my buddy's kids, my buddy kill a deer, um, you know, my child killed a deer kill a deer or a turkey or whatever it might be a squirrel just because now you know when you get older you really start realizing what's important in life and i mean yeah i'd love to go up north and on private land and kill a 180 inch deer but at the same time i get more joy out of you know five of my buddies going up north when we kill three does and we're up there for three days shooting the bull and having a good time or our our children kill a deer and that's just where i'm at in my life you know i'm almost 40 and that's where i'm at and uh adam you couldn't have hit it better you know it's it's funny we never would have thought about that but we're to that point in our life that 
you know, those those things we thought were important aren't really that important anymore. Yeah. So I think you at some point you go from the the good old times, you're hunting with buddies and then you get real serious or a lot of yeah, guys do. You get real serious in your 20s, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm going to kill a good deer. I'm going to kill the best one out of anybody in town. And then all of a sudden you might have kids, you get married, time passes, and you're like, man, I'd really just like to have hunt with the buddies again. Yeah. And uh, and and that would be it. Uh, Colton, there's yeah, the that's right there. that's a unanimous vote there, I guess. I'm going with them. I'd much rather be with my buddies. And that's back to the deer I killed this year. I I shot him, and I was hunting alone. And I think is oh, I hunted alone with my rifle, but it was the only time I hunted alone with my bow. And I was excited, but there wasn't anybody there to share it with me. And I just think it would have been much better if I'd have killed it on a deer camp with all you guys or something. Mm-hmm. And so it goes back to what Dustin said and all of you said is I'd I'd love to do the deer camp thing instead of hunting alone and have the chance to kill the the monster or whatever. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, hopefully, uh, I, I know that brought up some some old memories for all you guys and and myself included. But um, I hope everybody enjoyed this week's podcast. Um, I started it out as the hunting podcast. We've gone on so long. This may be a substitute for the Habitat Heroes podcast because that's an hour long one. Hab- hunting one is usually thirty minutes. So we'll probably sub this one out and make this the Habitat Heroes podcast. Um, next week we'll be back at it with more habitat management. Uh, but man, it, I, I can't thank you guys enough. I mean, my gosh, we've had some great memories over the years. And, uh, as I move into 2019, um, one of my, if you want to go corny to say new year's resolutions, um, one of mine is to try to hunt with new people or hunt with old people old friends um you call me old. more i am calling you old you're almost 40 um hunt with more people not just chad and matt um in the future like try to try to push myself to find other people to hunt with just because i think that's one of the lost lost uh parts of hunting and i mean i don't know if you guys know this but we lost two million hunters in the last five years yeah. um and there's only, I think there's like 13 or 11, 11 or 13 million now. Uh, we lost, we lost uh, five, no, what I say, two million, something like. We lost a lot of hunters. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we will see you guys next week.